Awesome. So my name is Greg Gooden, and this is my sweet bride, Emily. And we've been married for 10 years now and have one six-year-old son named Graham. I think there's a photo. That's us. And there he is. There's that little stud. Yes. And so let me just stop for a second. I have a small confession. We're excited to be here. We really are. Um, And excited because of what happened while we were here. Um, So we laugh. We're full of joy today. But that's not what it's always been like. And so um, if we are excited to be here, it's not because of anything light that's going on in your marriages. We just know what happened to us uh, when we came here. And so we are excited to be here. So back to the script. Sorry, guys. Uh, My story begins in Amarillo, Texas, where I grew up in a typical household with a hardworking father, a nurturing stay-at-home mother, and an older brother. We attended church regularly, but lived our day-to-day lives void of the gospel. Uh, While I knew of God, I lacked the life-informing relationship with him that would unfortunately play itself out in a destructive way well into my early 20s. Specifically, my greatest rebellious behavior came in the form of both physical and verbal conflict, and what I would later come to understand to be just as damaging, the lack of conflict resolution. Uh, My inability to resolve conflict through communications at home created division even within my parents, uh, even in their relationship to the point of a divorce. It created distance between my brother and I uh, that we're still working on today and led me into years of unhealthy relationships with other friends and family. I was born in Richardson, Texas, and I have a sister who's 13 months older. My parents divorced when I was five, and my mom remarried shortly after that. My sense of refuge and stability at home was shaken so early in my childhood With the divorce, a quick remarriage, a blending of families, it created a sense of anxiety and desire to manage towards some consistency in life. The gospel of being saved by faith in Jesus Christ was presented to me at summer camp in about the fifth grade, and I accepted Christ as my Savior. However, we never went to church as a family or talked about our faith, so I was mainly focused on what the world had to offer. I desperately wanted to fit in, so managing people's perception of me became my main goal. The simple truth is the sum of so many years walking apart from God, navigating through academics and athletics, professions and relationships alone, allowed me to experience the gamut of all this world has to offer. Those years of satisfying my self-centeredness and relying on my own abilities and understandings naturally began shaping my heart. Bless you. I formed my own inaccurate beliefs about God and people. I defined what the purpose of love and life were about, shaped perspectives about relationships and how each one would serve me, and even expectations for, for what my life was going to be about with no regard <clears throat> excuse me, for others or the possible consequences of my confrontational actions. I decided who I would spend my time with, when and how I would spend it, and simply fed my flesh. When relationships or situations before marriage would become tough, I would move on. Without remorse and zero resolution, this created a pattern that blossomed into a very critical spirit and allowed me to devalue communication within conflict for years to come. Somehow, not having to talk about it meant you could just escape it. I continued to develop a distorted identity, one broken experience after another, a perverted understanding of what leadership and love are in relationships, where I remained at the center of them all, and many unhealthy expectations and focuses on others that prevented me from addressing my own sin. After high school, I went through a series of bad relationship choices, including allowing a boyfriend to cheat on me for many years, and then later having an inappropriate relationship with the married man. 
I thought I was so good at managing my life by this point and so good at controlling everything around me that this felt like a complete shock. I knew I wasn't seeking God's will for my life and I cared far more about what people thought of me than how I was using my life to honor God. In early 2005, I started coming to Watermark and very quickly realized that this place was full of people who wanted to be fully known. Later that fall, my whole life changed when my relationship with the married guy came to the light, and I decided to go all in with following the Lord. I learned that the more I shared my struggles and sins with other women, the more I felt truly loved and understood. The enemy wants us to believe that we need to hide our weaknesses, but Christ proclaims the opposite. 2 Corinthians 12.9 tells us his power is made perfect in our weakness. And while the Lord allowed me to get to this place, he did not abandon me nor forsake me. He was merely waiting for me to turn to him and flee the Gregus King lifestyle. Through his sovereignty, he brought men into my life that surrounded me while I was still single and lost in my selfish ways and loved me regardless. <clears throat> For the first time in my life, I was being discipled and found true purpose. During this time, I was constantly being pointed back to Christ, and I needed it, with truths from God's word. My ways did not line up with his ways, and it was the beginning of a refining process that continues to this day. It was clear how I deviated, and the Lord began to remove my self-made definitions and reshaped my beliefs and how those beliefs informed my behavior. I was a sinner in need of a Savior, not once and done years ago, but daily devoting and depending on Him forevermore. Years later, Emily and I met at Watermark, dated two and a half years and married, beginning the eye-opening adventure. Once married, it did not take us long to establish bad habits and realize that I was terrible at being married. My selfishness and justifications would dominate my decisions and contribute to so much divisiveness. I was only hearing Emily as someone who wanted to change me to make her life easier, so any point made was dismissed. That's my pride. And I was viewing her as one who found great value in self-righteousness through knowing God's word but not living it out. And that's my critical spirit and judgmental attitude. When conflict would arise, my poor communication tactics filled with self-righteousness and defense mechanisms would consume any chance of resolve. Rather than seeking to understand her, the pride-based, you're the problem, not me, kept me in my blinded state and unable to see what the Lord was revealing. I was angry all the time, and I felt accused and attacked at the drop of a hat. I was the fool in Proverbs 29.11, giving full vent to his anger. Verbally, there were no limits to the hurtful things I would say. No escalation too high, no volume too loud to get my point across or to win the argument. I was harshly direct, I was inconsiderately rude, and our unhealthy communication style turned into much unresolved conflict. It drove a wedge between us, and our relationship began to grow shallow and fragile. Our disagreements and quarrels were seeds of bitterness that led to hard-hearted opinions like, Emily was my enemy. While Emily and I are quite different from each other, we remained opposed more than we were in agreement. We struggled to get on the same page about anything because we couldn't keep a conversation going long enough to understand where the other person was coming from without it turning into a fight. Another verse I failed to apply was 1 Peter 3, 7 that clearly encourages us husbands with likewise. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. We were becoming roommates fast only because we both vowed to never divorce. Neither of us wanted to admit it, nor did I really know why I was so confrontational. But we were acutely aware 
simply, do, sorry, we were acutely aware simply through the way we communicated that we were suffering. Our oneness was non-existent. We simply could not communicate without being rude or impulsive. Everything seemed disrespectful due to my negatively interpreting much of what Emily said, and my triggers were tripped, and off I went on a verbal rampage. I thought that since Greg and I had gone through premarital counseling at Watermark, joined a foundation group, and been involved in the church, things would be just perfect, but they weren't. Shortly after we got married, out of my own fear of fully trusting and struggling with control, I started to question everything about Greg. I was... It was so slow and subtle that I didn't even fully recognize my own perceptions and actions and how damaging they were. Instead of trusting him and believing that he was a great partner for me, I became very skeptical and began to doubt his competence in many areas. Part of my struggle is that when I see one little area that isn't how I think it should be, my mind races to try to figure out how to control the situation and prevent the worst possible outcome. This leads me to try to control Greg, everything from purchases to people's perceptions of me and our marriage to even what Greg did on a daily basis. I probably don't have to tell you that that's a very exhausting and fruitless way to live and not to mention I don't think Greg liked it very much. Uh, My attempts to control led to so many conflicts. It's hard to even pinpoint some of the worst. I can tell you that conflicts at our house used to be filled with a lot of yelling, cussing, harsh words, controlling tones, and many days without speaking. Somewhere among all the crazy and poor communication and conflict, we decided to have a baby. So we welcomed our son Graham in February of 2013, that coming um he's been a huge blessing for us and parenting him has been a tangible expression of how much the lord loves us however greg and i fully recognize that in order to be the best parents and all that god intended we needed to focus on our relationship with christ and a strong healthy marriage and so after the first five years of marriage and years in community we agreed to give re-engage a try First, the heart-churning curriculum revealed much about who I was as a husband. It was the only safe place where I could be honest about how I was feeling and acknowledge the lies that I had bought into that were directly affecting our oneness. Embarrassingly enough, we were finally able to hear what the other was sharing, and that brought about incredible opportunity for restored oneness. We would leave uh, united and filled with hope due to the clarity and humility we experienced each Wednesday night and could then continue a conversation with a different outcome elsewhere as a result. It was amazing. We were beginning a much-needed reconciliation path towards one another, all because we could gently communicate. The idea, it's not what I said, but what you heard, still rings true for us today. Um, Each chapter challenged us to reevaluate how we are to treat one another and collectively reminded me of 1 Corinthians 13 and what the true definition of love is. We realized our poor communication methods were preventing us from extending grace, forgiveness in action, intimacy, and so much more. God used our time and re-engage to radically change our marriage. The biggest aha for me as we went through the curriculum was the lesson on grace. Specifically the question that asks us to tell about a time when your spouse has shown you grace. Greg's page was blank. Blank. I mean, he had nothing. He couldn't think of one single answer to that question, and that was a low for me. I had not shown him even a glimpse of the overwhelming grace that I've been given 
by the Lord and so many others. That was the beginning of me drawing the circle around myself and working on changing everything in it. God showed me that I was more concerned about being right and having things my way than loving and serving Greg, more concerned about protecting our reputation than really seeking what God has for us. I wanted to quit every single week and re-engage because I thought nothing was happening. It wasn't until almost the very end that I realized a big truth. I was always looking for one big event to point to that could explain why our marriage was so bad. But God revealed to me that it wasn't one event or one thing. It was a series of small choices made over time that moved me away from what God intended in marriage. And the way to move towards a marriage that God intended is by making small choices over time to love and trust God and Greg. We had to start with changing the way that we communicate, changing the way we communicate, and changing the way we resolve conflict. Some of the steps in the Re-Engage book on these topics felt very forced at first, but the more we practiced them, the more that the Lord showed us how to really love each other and resolve conflict in a healthy way. So we had a choice to make after learning so much about how to have a God-honoring marriage and no longer willing to live in denial about any part of it. So it was time to walk in his ways, to taste and see that the Lord is good, to lean on the Lord for guidance and strength and believe that he is capable of handling our problems. Finally, this freed me from trying to fix Emily and focus on Christ. I could practice patience with Emily and trust the Lord that he is still at work and his timing is perfect. I only needed to yield to the Spirit and let the love I've come to know be extended to my bride as Christ calls me to. I can admit my faults and failures, and I'm not met with condemnation or conflict. We are learning to embrace each other as Christ himself would, regardless of our imperfections. We've recently been through some trials, and it's been fun to celebrate with our community group just how much our community, or how much our communication and conflict resolution has changed over the last few years. I definitely feel closer to Greg than I ever have, and I'm learning to trust him more each day. Praise the Lord that the way that things have been don't have to be the way that they are going forward. So we stand here today grateful for the Lord's love and kindness that led us to repentance. We're humbled by the hands of our mighty healer, who to this day is still redeeming his children and taking ground in the hearts of those who believe in him. So our encouragement to you that are here working on your marriage is this. Just take the next small step in moving towards your spouse. Don't underestimate the day-to-day interactions that can build trust and build a great marriage. Don't underestimate what the Lord can do with two people with willing hearts who love him. Thanks. Thanks for letting us share.